You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. You're the best thing that ever happened to me. Oh, we're on. Hello, everyone. This is Bill Apter, and welcome to the Apter Chat. And I am over the moon about the great reaction I've been getting to the new format here on the Apter Chat. And uh, my old partner, Josh Chernoff, he's not old by any means, is getting a great reaction to his So Says Chernoff show on Fight TV. So, uh, yeah. And also, by the way, in case you don't know, I'm now doing a new program, a 30-minute show every two weeks. There'll be a new show on Roku. Yeah. So, because, you know what? I've always gone with the times. I was the first guy to put video wrestling interviews on a website at OneWrestling.com. I was the first guy to put audio interviews, classic audio interviews on OneWrestling.com. Um, a lot of firsts. And now I'm streaming. Yeah, because streaming is the future of what TV is. And the nice people at Jarrett Parsons Promotions, which is Jerry Jarrett, the father of Jeff Jarrett, and uh, uh, Rock Parsons have started their own network called the Jarrett Parsons Network. And go to Google and search Jarrett Parsons Network and then scroll down through all the territories. They have tons of old territorial shows. And in the middle of all that, you will see the Bill Apter Wrestling on Roku show. And it's lots of, lots of interviews that I've done, lots of new things. And uh, let me know what you think of it. You can... You know you can get me on Twitter at After One Wrestling. That's the number one, not the word. So I was singing at the beat. You know, I always open up with a song. And uh, the song this time was, You're the best thing that ever happened to me. And what I'm talking about um, are you fans. I cannot tell you how flattered and amazed I was at WrestleCon. This is all about WrestleMania weekend at WrestleCon. And I want to congratulate Mike at High Spots for he and his staff for putting together such a, a seamless, what seemed to be seamless convention. Everybody seemed very, very happy. Thousands and thousands of fans from all over the world. I had people come over to me from uh, Italy, Germany, um, Trenton, <laughs> uh, New York, uh, Japan, Bangladesh, um, where else? Uh, India. So many people from so many foreign lands and people from the good old USA here telling me about how they used to read the magazines that I worked for. So many of them have read my book or the audio book, Is Wrestling Fixed? I didn't know it was broken. Or they purchased the book that day and uh, we were able to get together and take photos and I signed them. And I want to just say thank you to all the fans that were there and uh, from Canada too. Yes, I didn't want to leave Canada out, but I, it, it was just wonderful. It's a goose, goosebumpville for me. And my buddy Mac Davis, who was an independent wrestler, still wrestles at, time, uh, at times, uh, who lives in Atlanta, Georgia, and he's got his own marketing company. The weekend would not have been complete without your friendship and your assistance, and I want to thank you publicly. So along with uh, with he, we invited uh, a lot of people to go out to karaoke, but there was no real crowd. So uh, Mac Davis and a friend of mine who works at the Weather Channel 
His name is uh, David Chandler. We went to karaoke and we sang up a storm. But what I want to get to, and also uh, the other convention that uh, I was at, and thank you so much, Scott Wilder Promotions, for bringing me there to mark out at the Meadowlands, where I had uh, the pleasure of sitting with uh, the Tonga Kid and uh, L.A. Smooth and... Um, Oh, uh, Sabu and Jeannie. By the way, I've got the first talking interview of Sabu, which will be on my Roku show and on the OneWrestlingVideo.com site very soon. But what I want to talk about is, uh, first of all, the WWE Hall of Fame. And unfortunately, it has been overshadowed. The whole wonderful part of it was overshadowed by this really, I mean, I don't want. I I don't know what the right words are. I don't want to say sick individual, but I said it. But but this overzealous human android, whatever you want to call him, that attacked Brett the Hitman Hart. I mean, how how could you do something like this? It it overshadowed the whole night. It really did. The wonderful speech by Bret Hart and uh and natty and uh dx going in and tory wilson and honky tonk man with jimmy hart it was just such a an incredible night i i just ugh, it bugs the hell out of me that this guy did this let's move on now to what happened there were tons of independent shows but the big buzz around new york beside wrestlemania that drew like eighty-two thousand fans was Ring of Honor and New Japan combined. I was there. Thank you to Joe Coff, Gary Juster, and everyone else associated with them for making me a part of the family that night. It was an incredible night. Every fan knew who everyone was, all the wrestlers from New Japan, all the wrestlers from Ring of Honor, and they cheered to the beat of everything that was going on. It was just, it was a perfect night for for pro wrestling. It really was at Madison Square Garden. And as you know, this is the first show in forever that was not promoted by WWF, WWF, or WWE that took place in the main garden. And the excitement of the fans to this amazing pro wrestling show was just totally off the charts. So I decided today that I wanted to talk to someone who doesn't quote-unquote work in the Ring of Honor office. Mark Crusoe, the PR guy there, thank you so much for setting all this up for me. Uh, But I wanted to talk to someone who's been involved with Ring of Honor forever, but is not an office guy who's only going to talk the company line. And what I decided to do was get my old friend, one of the owners of Ring of Honor, former owners of Ring of Honor, Carrie Silken, on the uh, after chat line here and discuss with Carrie Silken the magic of that night. And we taped this about three hours before I'm taping the wraparounds here on uh, April 11th, 2019. So right now, and we talked about a lot of other stuff uh, in pro wrestling and it was really 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 cool so right now let's go to my interview with uh, my very dear friend and just a great guy and the 
official ambassador of Ring of Honor, Kerry Silken. First of all, I when I always try and explain who you are in the Ring of Honor family, what to explain to everybody what your title is. Well, the current Bill, thanks for having me on. First of all, oh my pleasure. Current, current Ring of Honor ambassador, former Ring of Honor owner. Yeah. Uh, you know, I uh, owned the company through 2003 to 2011. The sale went down to Sinclair. They kept me around as the ambassador, and. Uh, you know, now I get to go to the shows like the friendly family. Door, yeah, but you know, you, know you nobody could be a better ambassador. But the only thing I objected to is the last show I saw you on. You were wearing like one of those beauty contest things on your chest, ambassador. Oh. You know, you can't do that. It's just not cool okay. looking. It's not cool looking. Okay. All okay. right. So, joking aside, now you and I have talked a few times uh, during the week. We're taping this on April eleventh, two thousand nineteen. And you said something to me the other night, and I saw it in your face the day of the show. I was at Madison Square Garden. I felt that buzz. I felt that every fan was in tune with every beat of every match. And you said to me, this is like the greatest day of your life. So explain. I mean, it's, it's something you don't have to explain, but explain it. Well, it was the greatest day of my life. I've been a a lifelong wrestling fan, plus being from the New York, you know, I was brought up in North Jersey, so I was, for lack of a better way to put it, a New York kid. My dad would take me to Yankee games, Ranger games. He liked real sports. And when it came to pro wrestling, I got to see some, you know, uh, local shows. But you'll remember this. Not a lot of, you know, I, I, I talk to people and I ask them, guys, do you know what a blue law is? Most younger people don't even know what it is. You talking about but the curfew? You talking about the curfew? I'm talking about you had to be 14 years old. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. You 10 boxing and wrestling also. Actually, Carrie, Carrie, you had to be 13 because I tried okay. 13 or over because my that's the same thing that happened with me um, when my dad... And we must add the same father, um, because my dad used to do the same things, and he'd take me to uh, all. You couldn't get into wrestling if you were thirteen or younger, because there was a riot back at Madison at the old old Garden with Antonino Rocca and Miguel Perez against Dick the Bruiser and somebody else, and they it was just deemed too too uh, brutal and dangerous for kids to go. They had this. Apparently, it also was. Uh, you know, they had this age limit uh, or age minimum for boxing, also. But they also didn't allow women wrestlers, nor did they allow masked wrestlers. Uh, that's why we never saw the Destroyer in New York. Um, and they did not allow gimmick matches like cape matches or chain matches. But be that as it may, for my 14th birthday, my dad takes me or 13th birthday, whatever it was, my dad takes me to the garden to see my favorite bad guy, Freddie Blassie, oh. against Pedro Morales. I photographed Blassie, that match. He was in his last run, but he the boy talk about heat. And uh, I love the bad guys. And you know this. We'll get to, we'll get to my uh, greatest night of my life. Um, but you know this, that 
the crowd at the time was a very large, you know, Latino crowd. You know, they really supported Pedro Morales. Ready for any kind of auction, baby. <laughs> so when Blasi came out, my little 13-year-old butt was up cheering. My father grabbed me by the belt buckle. Said, sit down, you're going to get us killed here. He probably was right. But anyway, that was my first wrestling at the Garden. I used to go with my cousin Mike. Mike was four years older than me. We would go every month after that. You know, it was always on a Monday night, right, Bill? Yeah, did you, did you yell at me to sit down because I was blocking your view, shooting I pictures? Mean, I never got those good ringside seats. <laughs> that's okay, but I would see you, and as I, learned, as I found that, well, I quickly learned because I was an avid magazine guy. I learned about you and George, George Knapp. Yeah, so Napolitano. I, ringside. Yeah. I was jealous. But anyway, I grew up around the garden. You know, and I'm a, I'm a rock and roll kind of guy. We would go to these concerts. We didn't care if it was Elton John or Led Zeppelin or Billy Joel or whoever it was. We used to like to go. I still like to go. And, um, and this is when the whole thing hit me. You know, this, this show went on sale. Now, wait, 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 wait. Before we go to where we're going, I have two things I need to uh, inject in here. Regarding women wrestling at the Garden, um... I remember one time going up in the elevator to the garden. It was a very crowded uh, elevator. It was it was packed, going up to the sixth floor, to the arena floor. And I had just started my career, 1970. And in the back of the elevator was the state athletic commissioner, Commissioner Dooley. And Edwin Dooley. Edwin Dooley. And everyone's quiet in the elevator. So I very, very just, I turned around and I said, uh, Mr. Dooley, my name is Bill Apter. I'm a reporter for Inside Wrestling Magazine. Can you tell me why women and masked wrestlers are not allowed in New York? And he looked at me and he says, if you want to keep your job, Mr. Reporter, you'll turn back to the front and shut up. <laughs> and that was it. It was scared the hell out of me. And then, of course, they did open it eventually. And Bill Mascaris was the first guy who was allowed to wear the ma the full mask. The other guys had to wear like a half mask with the yeah, face remember, exposed. Remember the guy El Olympico? Yes, even the spoiler. And do you know what the reason was that I found out years later? What is it? They wanted to make sure that the same wrestler that they did the blood pressure check on in the back that the doctor did was the same guy going into the ring. Yeah, and I know we're going way off base here. That's but, all right. You know, we love this. Guys like you and I are interested in this. You, it, I was at that match, but when the spoiler had his brief run, it's really amazing if you think about it. In his career, Don Jardine, who was based on, you know, one of the best mass wrestlers of all time, that he surrendered the mask to come up for that run in uh, 72 or whatever year it was. But uh, very, very interesting. But when this whole thing hit me, these tickets went on sale for the Ring of Honor, New Japan show, the G1 Supercard back in August. And that was surreal. 2018. Then it, right. Right. Then when it sold out, that was amazing. And yet it was so far away. We're talking April 6th. Well, on March 11th, I'd been to the Garden a few times in between. I saw a couple of concerts. I went to a Billy Joel show. He had the residency. But I went on March 11th to Elton John, and I'm sitting, I've seen Elton John at the Garden probably a half dozen, a dozen times over the years. 
And I'm sitting there watching it. Naturally, it was great. But that's not the point. As the show was going on, and he was playing one of his great legendary hits, maybe it was Rocket Man, maybe it was Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me, it suddenly hit me. Oh, my God. We are going to be out there in, uh, in the middle of that floor doing Ring of Honor. And that was that's when the whole thing was it just became surreal. So the week of the show, the weekend of the show, and I think I said this to you when I saw you at the WrestleCon, I was so nervous. I know. And, and, and you said to me, why, Carrie? You'll be fine. I'm like, well, I'm not nervous about the show. I know the show should be good, but just to be at the Garden. But as it turned out, Bill, once I got out there and once we started rolling, it was like any other show, except we were in front of almost 17,000 screaming fans in New York City. It was a historic night. It was the greatest night of my life. So the question, of course, is did you ever think that Ring of Honor was going to wind up in the 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 building for pro wrestling and everything else, Madison Square Garden? No, never. As a matter of fact, uh, going back, when was WWE in Giant State? Was it six years ago? Oh, I'm, I'm bad with time frames, so we'll say yes. Well, they were there. It was during the Sinclair, after I sold the company. I, mean, I had just sold it. So it was either 2012, 13, whatever. The point is, is that that year we did do a New York show, but we were at the Hammerstein. We weren't ready. And to answer your question, of course I never thought we would be at the Garden. I mean, last year, we were in New Orleans. We had 7,000 people. That was pretty good. Um, and this was just a perfect storm. Um, I'm, I, it was a perfect storm. You know, the, the partnership with New Japan, uh, it was a perfect storm because Vince McMahon was using the Barclays Center exclusively, except for the Giant Stadium show, of course. And uh, thank God for Joe Koff and, you know, Gary Juster and Greg, they were on top of it, and uh, it wasn't easy, but we got in there. Do you think and, that? Uh, do you think that uh, the Garden looked at this as, hey, the WWE has got you know all this great stuff coming. Why are why are they using the Barclays Center? People ask have asked me that. I do a little bit. I mean, look, you and I go back to pre way way yeah we do before Barclays Center. And the garden was the home every month, every, once a month. Monday nights. 12 times, 12 times a year. Yeah. Um, and as time has gone on, what, there's maybe two or three shows a year. Correct, correct. And again, so, it was every week, every month, rather. I think that, I don't know this for a fact, I'm not involved in the Ring of Honor business, but I think the garden might be, it might have been a little, you know, missed, uh, Little, little hurt that you know. Hey, what the heck? This is the home of. This has been your home. But anyway, we got the date. We pulled it off, um, and uh, it was wonderful. And it certainly didn't hurt WWE with their eighty thousand people at Giant Stadium. No, not at all. So, yeah, a lot of people think you know that the the uh, Madison Square Garden just felt like uh, uh, they 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 broke up. But now. I've come out with something new since this is happening, since AAA is going to be running at Madison Square Garden. 
since AEW is running in different places and may eventually run, there, there's so much going on. I'm now, you know, we had the uh, we had the uh, Attitude Era, we had the Hulkamania Era. I'm calling this the Era of Choice because fans now have the opportunity to go to everything or choose what they want to go. That field of uh, exclusivity for you know one wrestling brand at this point wrestling or sports entertainment you're going to have a, you're going to have a choice where to go yeah and it's it, it's good for the fans um i uh, i always you know besides being uh, forced to be a wwe fan <laughs> wwf fan whenever i would go on the road um i remember working for a band years ago and we were in louisville and being a magazine fan i was aware i, I made sure to watch the, the tv and I went to the Louisville Gardens. It was 1976. I was going out with this girl in New Orleans. I was down there for like for, for six months. It, 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 it was sort of the dying days of the Mid-South, but it was before they turned into Universal. I saw some great matches down there. And, uh, you know, with, with the demise, I know this is ancient history, but it's important. No, but it, it, it's bringing it to modern history. The same thing's happening. Right. You know, the, the kids that listen to this, as well as people our age or close to our age, you know, it was a better, it was a better era with the, with the territories, better for the wrestlers, better for the, you know, the fans. Wait, wait, wait. Um, you think it was better for the wrestlers? Cause they didn't make this kind of money in the past. Well, no, but they had a lot of places to work. Okay. They had a lot of places to work, but yeah, it was, so that's ancient history. We could say, but now it seems that it might not be, territories but there's different companies uh whether you know some of these guys for example zach saber jr who was at the garden show yes um juice robinson they're really new japan guys besides being ring of honor guys um they work a lot in, with new japan um there's you know bandito with, with us now he's signed to ring of honor but he's a He's a uh, CMML guy. Yeah. Same with that fabulous guy, Roosh, who beat Dalton Castle. Oh, that was and, incredible. And, uh, you know, with the uh, <coughs> the Elite and the AAA uh, having their press conference, it's great. It's great for the fans. It's great for, for everybody. It keeps everyone on their toes. And uh, I'm happy that it's going on. So the matches that uh, we saw on Saturday night at Madison Square Garden. Uh, was there one match that uh, you saw that gave you the, the fans are going to remember this match forever? Because that, I'm going to remember the whole night forever, like you are too. But that moment in the earlier part of the show when uh, Muda came out, I never heard Ooh. so many people yelling out, holy yes. holy shit, I'm going to say it. All right. Uh, but I never heard. And then when Liger came out and the two of them were in the ring together, it was like, the, it was like off, right? Oh, but it was just the the goosebumps of seeing them against each other in that. What were some of the highlights for you of that night? Well, that was absolutely one of them. Uh, another one it was I was it's you know I, I recorded the show. I recorded the show and I've been watching it over the last few days. I didn't watch it straight through. I had one of my friends over last night. Wait, wait, you, reco you recorded it uh, where? No, I, I lost you. I, I, I recorded it on cable. Okay. 
So when I when I got home, I had it. Got it. And you know, I didn't just jump into it. I've been watching it the last few nights. One of my buddies came over last night. He's, he's a, a moderate wrestling fan. Moderate is the best. Well, I showed him three matches that I thought he would 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 really enjoy. One of them was the New York Street Fight with the Bully Ray Open Challenge, oh. which turned out to be Bully Silas and Gene Taylor against Juice Robinson. I'm going to forget someone here. Juice, oh, Juice, Juice Robinson, Flip Gordon, and Mark Hackett. Right. With the, with the kendo sticks and all that. It was great. Then we watched that match with Bandito and Dragon Lee. And now I'm going to forget the name of the New Japan guy. Oh, no. I'm going to be in trouble. And I don't have it in front of me either, but we that know who you're man, talking about. That great guy. Yeah. Incredible. Yes, Incredible. it was. Incredible. It was. And, and, and then the, the next one I fast-forwarded to, and this is going to be the top of my list, was the ladder match. Yeah. With, yes. Kate, with Matt Taven. Yes. And Marty Scroll yeah. And my main man, Jay Lethal. Now, um, you, you mentioned Jay Lethal, and I have to tell you something. Because I've known Jay Lethal, of course, since he was a, a rookie. And the biggest pop that I got beside the matches and seeing you and Joe Coff giving me a hug and seeing my... In Riccoboni used to live in my neighborhood here, and we used to see him walking around the walking path here, and we always talked. But the, the just a hug, giving him a hug and being so proud of, look at this, you're at Madison Square Garden with Colt Cabana and Kevin Kelly doing the broadcasting. But I went over... And I gave a guy hug to Jay Lethal, and I told him how he's matured and how proud of he I am that look at this, the building that you grew up seeing wrestling in, you're now one of the headliners. And it just, I think we both got goosebumps. Hey, absolutely. And he was so excited. And his parents were there. Yes. You know his parents. They've been, you know... I remember, you know, Lethal before he was even, he wasn't even wrestling yet. He would come to Ring of Honor as a fan. You know, being from Elizabeth, New Jersey, we used to run the Rexplex in Elizabeth. Right, back way. right, right. And, uh, you know, he, he quickly came in and he was so good. Bill, I, I'm glad this hasn't happened, but how could the WWE have overlooked this guy? I don't know. I don't know. He would have been. He would have been great, actually, coming in with the Randy Savage uh, gimmick and Lanny Poffo as his manager. Right. Right. That would have turned heads, huh? Absolutely. But yeah. <laughs> so, the, the, so yeah. What was my favorite moment? I guess it was the lethal uh, Taven winning the belt, and uh, I had no idea what was going to happen in any of these matches. And, Good. Uh, and that's the way I wanted it to be, and it was great. I'm the same way. What? Uh, so th the theme of this kind of, that I'm going to put up as the headline for this, is uh, what? where does Ring of Honor go from here? It's like the old magazine headline. So uh, you being the ambassador, tell us what your vision is moving forward uh, with Ring of Honor. I don't see us rushing back to Madison Square Garden unless it was appropriate. Okay. I don't. See, I see us going to Pittsburgh and Columbus this weekend, getting a good a good TV taping, and we have New Japan coming back with us in May. We'll be in Buffalo, Chicago, uh, Detroit area. Oh, that's great! And uh, you know, just one one foot in front of the other. We're going to be in New York City at the Hammerstein in July, 
Hammerstein, Hammerstein, I don't know, in July. <laughs> That's Frankenstein, <laughs> one of my favorite movies. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. And, uh, yeah, we'll be, we're just going to keep one foot in front of the other. Um, I talked to Joe Cobb the other day. He called me. It just as a, he, he called me just like as a congratulatory kind of, you know, how you doing? I said, Joe, was, once again, it was the greatest night of my life. And uh, it'll never be duplicated like that. That's not to say we will never be at a big arena again. But right now, we're just going to do the next show. Yeah, you're running the, the you're running the the shows the way they should be and build up eventually back to something like Madison Square Garden. It's got to be the right go. it's got to be the right situation. See, people keep saying, "Oh, with the garden, the garden, the garden," but uh, unless you have the right momentum going into the garden and Ring of Honor was ready for this. They were really really ready for this. So, and that's why everything clicked so well and the partnership with New Japan is just amazing. Yeah, we're very fortunate to be aligned with New Japan. These are just uh, wonderful. I mean, the, the level of wrestling, my goodness. You know, the Ring of Honor level is, is wonderful. This is just so, so amazing. It was a magic night. And, Bill, I was glad you were in attendance. Thank you. You know, it, Thank you. There's some of my old buddies, uh, it made it, it, that was the thing that made it extra special. Guys like you... Uh, my friends of mine that were there, my non-wrestling friends that, you know, and I got a lot of nice messages from, you know, they carry, they say, carry, uh, do you have any kids? They go, well, not, not really, but yeah, I do. They're all at WWE and Impact and <laughs> Ring of Honor. I got a lot of nice messages. Yeah, that's from, great. Uh, from the from the Adam Coles and the uh, Seth Rollins who went out of their way to say because you know they were a big part yeah of they're part of your family they're part of my family they're part of the ring of honor lineage and heritage and they they were best even though seth rollins was in the biggest match of his life beating Brock lesnar he still was basking in the glory of his time in ring of honor and that's the joy cool. of us being at the garden that's absolutely and, uh, as well as adam cole as well as all these guys yeah yeah they know where they came from carrie they Absolutely. really do. They really do, and it, and it was a, it was a really uh, it was a loving family back then, and uh, I think Ring of Honor has uh, has kept that. So um, again, this to me is the uh, era of choice, and I want to thank you so very much for uh, um, for being here and uh, speaking as the ambassador. Where can people find you on social media? Oh, they could find me on Twitter at R-O-H-C-A-R-Y. And the same on Instagram. I'll post some old wrestling uh, posters. Oh, I love those. My Ring of Honor thoughts and some other general stuff. And uh, Bill, thank you. You know what? I, I, listen, boys and girls out there, <laughs> pay attention to this man. Here's a man who has been covering wrestling for longer than he would want to probably admit. 50 years. Yeah, yeah. 50 years. And, you know, they and I was a fan for 20 years before that. Right. Too. And they talk about the aftermath. And this is an important part. This is an important part of pro wrestling. Some of you kids listening, check out these aftermaths. You can get them on eBay. And, and it's really good stuff. And it's a shame that this doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, I mean, PWI is still there. It's a bi-monthly. 
Um, so, you know, support them, too. Even though I'm not with them, it, it's, uh, they, they're still keeping the, the tradition of uh, wrestling magazines going. They really so, are. Uh, Bill, thank you again, man. Well, wait, wait. Before I let you go, there's one other thing that a lot of fans don't know you do. Uh-oh. Why don't you tell them about this ticket thing that you do? I've been a long-time ticket broker, ticket hustler, ticket scalper, starting with my days <laughs> work, starting with my days working on the street. That was another strange thing. You know, all these, as mentioned, about going to all these wrestling matches and all these concerts. I used to hustle tickets in front of the That was like the meeting place of the scalpers. I know. You, get, you gave me great deals. I remember you. I well, we tried. Um, but, uh, yeah, I have a, I have a company, Rave, Rave 6, R-A-V-E-T-I-X.com. And, uh, you know, if you, if you need some tickets for something, we, we're, we're, we're more reliable. To, listen, if you have a, if there's a problem, you can call us. You can't call some of them. What's the number? <laughs> What's the number? Six, I love people to call 610. Five one five one five one five. All right, so the wrestling fans. Old school call. Yeah, so they've got you, so they can talk wrestling and buy uh, buy tickets if for any kind of concerts. Buy some, buy some tickets for some Broadway shows, concerts, sports, whatever. Oh, by the way, you you and I were talking Broadway shows because we both love them, and my daughter saw that same show you did, and she had the she same reaction. Yes, yeah, had the same reaction. What did she say? She said it was great. So it was absolutely like, great. Like, in other words, it wasn't like, yeah, it was really good. It was, no, no, it was, it was great. Like, yes, yeah, it was like, a notch yeah. above. Yes, Hadestown, uh, folks. Check, if you like wrestling, you'll love Hadestown. Oh, I like that. Broadway musical. That's interesting. All right, Carrie Silken, thank you very much. Bill Apter with uh, the ambassador of Ring of Honor, Carrie Silken. Again, it was just, an absolutely amazing night, and it was such a thrill to be back at Madison Square Garden. And like Carrie, I've seen uh, tons of shows there, concerts and everything, but there's nothing like live pro wrestling or sports entertainment at the Garden. I know WWE is coming back later this year, so go support them. And in September, AAA is coming in there with a, uh, with a show. And that's going to be really interesting because the opening of the garden to other groups right now is like Carrie said it can only benefit the pro wrestling fan so a lot of you fans have uh, asked me to start running the classic audio interviews again so what I'm going to do right now is uh, go into my files and let me look here oh this looks like a real Good one. Okay, this is Bill After, and we're speaking here with Frank Valois and Andre the Giant. Uh, Frank, would you ask Andre first, when did he first realize he was bigger than other kids his age? When he was bigger than kids his age? Yeah. At what age? I can ask you to he started going to school about six, seven years old, and the, uh, he was then larger than most of the kids. Uh, did they make fun of him because he was so tall? On the contrary, they used to stick behind him all the time, so he'd be on the side. In other words, they were afraid of him? Well, afraid, and they, they, they had more confidence when he was around. Okay, now, 
was anybody in Andre's family as tall as he was, or were there people that were a lot in smaller? His family, his, uh, his, grand, his grandfather was, uh, was taller than Andre is now. But How tall is that? Uh, it would be about around eight feet tall. Was he? I'm sorry. Yeah, he was about eight feet tall, and he uh, is a big man for his size. You know, he weighed about 500 pounds. All right, now what did Andre do before he got into wrestling? What was the thing he did before that? Well, before that, he went to school, and after school, his father had a farm, and he, uh, he worked on the farm very hard. Work. How far did he go in school, Frank? Uh, he went to school. Uh, he went to school uh, like, like most of young kids, you know. Did he go through high school? He didn't go through high school. He went as far as uh, just next to high school, you know. And then he had to work on the farm because... Uh, had brothers and sisters, and the father had the farm, and they had too much money. So he used to uh, do all the hard work the farm, you know, cut woods like like mm -hmm. uh, lumberjack and all this. And then after that, he had to go and uh, after the season, you know, was through on the farm, he had to go and earn some money. So yeah, he, he was a mover, you know, mover like piano and uh, right. big uh, hard stuff, you know. And he did that for two, three years, you know. And then uh, after that, that's when he came around to us. You know. Okay, now a lot of people, this was run in another magazine, which we want to look into, said that Andre used to hang around with prostitutes and things like this. Was there any truth to this, or was this all sensationalism? No, there was not. I mean, I mean there's truth to it. It's uh, not to hang around with prostitutes. When he first came in Paris, you know, he, he, he's come from the Alps, you know, in a small country, a small town. Right. And, and when he first came to Paris, you know, uh, the only people that would help him, you know, was these girls on the streets, like, you know. I mean, it's not like it sounds like he'd go out with them and things like this, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, he'd, he'd be in the restaurant or something and buy a cup of coffee to these girls and they'd talk to him and get to like them, you know. But not in a sense like he, uh, you know, he would take one, uh, uh, one would make a living or he, uh, he'd go out with them, you know, like, like for the money, like. Mm -hmm. It was all friendship. But he did uh, meet quite a few. I mean, they kind of like him. Like everybody meets him, they like him. He happened to be a prostitute. Well, they were prostitutes, but... Uh, no matter who you were, you took a liking to him. That's right, that's right. And he got to like these girls. Uh, you know, he had a little fun and uh, laughs and... Uh, but not in the sense like he would uh, take one and pay money to her or, or, or a girl would right. pay money for him. Right. It was all friendship-like, but they were prostitutes. Okay, let me ask you this, Frank. How did Andre first discover wrestling? How did he know he could wrestle? Well, he, he didn't exactly know he could wrestle. He, he, came, he came to the wrestling matches, and uh, he used to uh, say, well, this guy, I can take him on, you know, and uh, for his size and uh, his strength. He was strong and everything. And he, uh, he used to ask us uh, what to do, you know, in a nice way, you know. Right. What could he do to be a wrestler? So we told him, well, you, you're big enough to be one, but uh, can, you, can you move? Can you wrestle? Can you do anything? So uh, he never had any wrestling in his life. So they, they told him to go to the gym, and he went to the gym, and... Uh, and after six months, the promoter came around and he said that he could uh, really, uh, he had everything to be a wrestler, you know what I mean? It's not because you're a big guy that uh, say, well, you could be a wrestler. That's a big guy can't wrestle. Right. But he, uh, he went and then he, like a good boy, he learned and he, uh, and he knew how to move around. And uh, after six months, the promoter says, well, you're ready enough to go in the ring. How's Andre's reaction if somebody regards him or calls him freakish because he's so big? Well, his reaction is good because he knows he's big. But he's not like a, you'd say a, a freak, like, you know, he's big, he's a well-built man. Well-proportioned. Well-proportioned, right. and the only thing is bigger than the average people, but he, uh, he knows that, and he, uh, he's aware of that, and he knows that people look at him, of course, because he's big, and uh, okay. he doesn't mind that too much. Okay, here's something you'd probably like to ask Andre, because we get a lot of mail asking what type of girls does Andre the Giant prefer to date? Because they're fake at the Mupura. 
donner des rendez-vous. Ben, des rendez-vous, enfin, pour sortir, pour t'amuser, pour... Euh, pour... Tu as tout à de ce que tu veux, mais tu veux bien les filles qui sont agréables. Well, he likes girls that uh, knows how to laugh and, uh, you know, nothing serious like, you know, because he's not ready to get married and he... Uh, just likes to go out and have a good time? Have a good time. He likes the girl to understand that he's just going out for a good time. Okay, now a big question came up. A lot of uh, people have been wondering what would happen if Andre the Giant squared off against Baba the Giant, Japan's biggest man. Would he like a match like that, wrestling well, somebody just about his own size? No, no, I'll tell you something. Andre is looking for all kind of big opponents. The bigger they are, the, the best he likes it, you know, because uh, he likes to prove to himself uh, and the people that he is a good wrestler and a strong man. And I think if he would meet uh, Baba the Giant, myself, I know Baba, and I, I even wrestled Baba, and I wrestled Andre. Uh, and I would put my money on Andre, even though Baba's got more experience than Andre. I think Andre has got more, uh, uh, more, is more, uh, 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 more, fast, speed, yeah. more speed right. and ability than, than the, and I think he's stronger than Baba too. I, th I think Andre is, uh, I don't know if he overweight Baba, but I think his belt is better than the, the other big one. Well, did he, didn't Andre have some trouble with Jonathan, who is close to his size? Well, he didn't have no trouble with Jonathan, but he, I tell you, two guys that give him a little, little toss-up like would be Kowalski and Jonathan. There two, there were two the guys that, you know, give all trouble to Andre, but no, no, nothing uh, to, to get him in trouble. Like, I mean, just, uh, there was a battle in between these right. two. The three guys, you could see there's a battle. There's three big guys, and uh, of course, Jonathan is not uh, the first one, neither is Kowalski. They're both good wrestlers and good champion, you know. And uh, what they have over Andre is they got more experience than Andre. All right, let me ask you this then, Frank. In a lot of uh, divisions, like in the heavyweight division, Haystacks Calhoun was noted saying in our hot seat he could never become the NWA heavyweight champ because of the weight class in there, that they don't have a super heavyweight class. Would Andre the Giant conceivably get a shot at Briscoe, Morales, or Gagne? I don't see why not, because once you're, you're in the heavyweight, there's no, there's no more weight there. After you're over 230 pounds or so, it doesn't matter, they because they, they cannot have another super, like you said, a super class. Right. But once you're up there, uh, if, if uh, he wants to beat Morales and the, uh, the, ch the challenge is for a championship, the other guy's got to accept and uh, Andre probably will beat the guy. In other words, if you're over a certain weight class, you well, wrestle everybody in that must, class. Yes, yeah, well, that's, that's, the, uh, that's the thing in wrestling, you know. Okay, now, if Andre the Giant had not pursued wrestling, you might want to ask him this, what would he have gone into? What, what second ambition did he have? Well, the, uh, well, that was his big ambition was wrestling. I said, he, uh, he might have took a, uh, to pick up fighting, you know. I mean, he did train. Boxing? Yeah, he trained him for six months. Uh, Has he ever thought about that? Oh, yeah, yeah. He was, uh, he was six months. They trained him in France, you know, uh, promoters, five, five promoters. He saw him, and they thought they could make another Primo Canada. Yeah, yeah, did he ever have any uh, pro fights? No, 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 I never did, because uh, he, he didn't like it too much. He'd rather wrestle, and, you know, uh, because in the last thing, he uh, goes on the road more often, and he, uh, he's a kind of a guy, he's a happy-go-lucky guy that likes to meet people, and, you know, and he likes wrestling, so he quit boxing. Okay, two more questions. What, uh, does Andre know his own strength? I mean, can he hurt somebody purposely? Well, this I don't think he does. I don't think he does, because lots of time he, he do things, you know, as, as a joke, like, and, uh, you know, with arms and hands like he's got, if he touches somebody, you know, he don't realize, uh, you know, the strength that uh, he could do, you know. He, he, he would stop himself, he won't go all the way, because he'd be afraid of killing somebody, like, you know. But then just playing around, he, uh, he goes over, like, he doesn't mean it, but he will hurt you in, in, without meaning it, you know. 
Okay, Frank, now since you're with Andre, this is the last question, since you're with Andre so often, have you got one funny story, something weird that has happened, that, for example, like when you take Andre in a cab, I'm sure yeah, the cab driver... I'll tell you one story it's, that happened not too long ago, and I think it's a little funny. One night we came back from a wrestling... I'm going to laugh either way, Frank. Yeah, you well, realize that? No, I, I think you're going to laugh anyway. Because <laughs> one night we came back from wrestling town, and we stopped at the, at the driving, you know, to, to get a sandwich or something. So he stops, and uh, the radio was going on, and uh, we asked for a sandwich. So there's another car that comes there, and they were drunk, you know. So they hit on this car. So he gets out, and the, uh, the other guy, you know, comes out of, the, 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 of his own car, mm -hmm. and he takes his glasses off like, you know, he's going to hit Andre, you know. Mm -hmm. So Andre didn't even bother about the guy, you know. He just walked by the guy, and he took the car, and he turned the, guy, the, the car over. Uh, the car, yeah, the guy on the roof, and the four uh, wheels on top, you know. So the guy couldn't believe it. Uh, he looked at him, he couldn't believe it. So he, he starts running, you know. So after we left, the guy went and told the cops, you know. He says, hey, he says, the guy turned my car over. The cop laughed at him. So who the hell can turn a car over? He said, "Are you crazy or something?" Well, the guy said, "I'm not dreaming. He really did it." You know. So the cop never believed it. You know. And so we laughed, and wow. uh, that was the you know we'd all laugh about that. You know? Okay, Frank, want to thank you and Andre very much for joining us for this interview. So pretty cool, right? Frank Valois was like the road manager of Andre the Giant, and I knew him really well, and I knew Andre very well. Uh, Andre's voice always was like this. Uh, Andre spoke, if he called you boss, he liked you. If he said, okay, boss, he liked you. But if he didn't like you, just watch out. That documentary that was uh, on HBO, oh, I don't know, about a year ago, people keep saying to me, why wasn't I in that? I was originally slated to be in that, but the producers never got to me. They spent years combing the world for people to talk about Andre, and by the time they were ready to get to me, they had made their deadline and they never got here, but I thank them for thinking of me. Well, that's about it. It's a um, about a 45-minute show today because this has been WrestleMania week, and uh, this is the end of my WrestleMania week. Last night, I was at the Whitman Free Library in Philadelphia and did my one-man show. If you'd like to book me for anything, Scott Wilder Promotions on Facebook is now booking me. I do a one-man show. I can be a commish. I could be a ring announcer. I could be a commentator or backstage interviewer, the Gene Okerlund role, uh, or I'd like to just come out and do a book signing. So this is, again, go to Scott Wilder Promotions, or you can hit me up direct at After One Wrestling. That's the number one, not the uh, not the O-N-E. And uh, for me, Bill After down here at After's Alley, we will see you. And don't forget, check me out on Roku, uh, my new show on the Jarrett. Do a search for the Jarrett Parsons Network and uh, go to my show and let me know how you think. It is or it isn't or whatever. This is Bill Apter, and I'll see you at the matches.